The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice of America, welcome back to another week of Outside the, Outside the Huddle with Lee, on the Voice of America Sports Network. I'm Lee Mott Williams, and my co-host is Jacob Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at Sports at yahoo.com. Jacob, man, you've been MIA for two weeks. Let the listeners know where you've been, man. Well, man, you know, it's like my mom said, I've been in exile, but uh, uh, I've been out of the country in Haiti for uh, two weeks. I dedicated uh, two weeks of... Uh, of, of my year to uh, building houses and churches uh, in Haiti, so I'm, I'm glad to be back in the States. Yeah, you're doing the Lord's work, man, so that's always a good absolutely good, good deed, and I'm glad to have you back, man. Uh, uh, we had Jermaine Henderson filling in for you for the last two weeks. did a great job, and appreciate him for stepping in for you, but now you're back, and let's finish talking to sports, man. Uh, today's show, we'll discuss the USA Today's College Football Coaches Preseason Poll. We'll talk about Texas Southern University versus Prairie View University Labor Day Classic game. Uh, we'll go around the NFL, invite John Ensgoesby, our NFL AFC East insider to the show, talk about the NBA storylines as well as headlines. But first, Jacob, let's go ahead and recap the Boston Red Sox versus the New York Yankees series this past weekend. Pretty much the Yankees outscored the Red Sox 25-8 to in a four-game sweep. Jacob, uh, I mean, the Red Sox is now on nine after the All-Star break versus winning teams, man. What's the deal with the Red Sox, Jacob? Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, that was a very, very important series, uh, uh, you know, in that AL East uh, division with the uh, Yankees, you know, uh, taking a sizable advantage to me. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's a six-and-a-half game lead in that division, which is pushing Boston uh, towards that AL wild card spot, uh, at, you know, as they try and fight for that. But, uh, you know, I think the Yankees, have, you know, they've come around and, you know, the pitching is beginning to step up. And uh, I can remember early in the season where Boston was just doing it to the Yankees. Uh, but, you know, it seems like now, you know, they have flipped the script and it's the Yankees, uh, you know, taking care of Boston now. Yeah, A-Rod hit that homer in the seventh inning and Nick, uh, Switcher hit that two-run single in the eighth. That pretty much killed the Sox after that. But uh, the Sox did, uh, they turned around pretty fast, man, this past Wednesday. Uh, Scott, who's in town up in Boston, we'll get with John Ensco to be a little bit later about that. But they turned it around, and they're they up back on the winning side of things. So uh, we'll continue to watch the Red Sox as well as the Yankees when they play again later this month. Let's go ahead and continue to talk a little baseball. Prince Fielder 
uh, situation last week. He, he stormed across the locker room or the hallway after a 17-4 loss to the Dodgers, kind of going out the Mota uh, after being hit with a fastball, in, you know, in the ninth inning with two outs. It's kind of like that un, unwritten rule in baseball. Jacob, you know, was paying him back for hitting Manny Ramirez earlier. Do you think Mota crossed the line for hitting filler with that baseball? Well, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, but you got to understand, both of those guys were teammates at one time. And as uh, Mota uh, was being traded out west, uh, there were some unkind words between Fielder and Mulder at, as, as he left the Milwaukee Brewers. So, you know, it, it's something that spilled over uh, 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 into the series uh, with the Brewers and Dodgers now. And, uh, you know, Fielder, I, I didn't quite understand why he went over to the you know, Dodgers locker room because with security there was no way he was going to get in there. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if he was just making a statement for the TV cameras or what. Uh, but, you know, that series, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Dodgers play them one more time this year, and it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you too, man. I, I don't know if he was just trying to put on the scene or, or, or make a point, but uh, he was, he, it was obvious that he was very upset by the language he was using. But at the end of the day, he wasn't really going to get the motor. But uh, the, the uh, Major League Baseball, they find him. They didn't suspend him, so I thought that was a good move on the Major League part, baseball organization, front office part, not to suspend them, but uh, just, you know, go in their pockets a little bit. So, we'll, like you said, we'll see what takes place when they play again later on this, this month or this, this season. Let's go ahead and uh, transition a little bit or segue into the NBA. Let's talk about Orlando Magic for Rashad Lewis. He tested positive last week for elevated testosterone level. Uh, the NBA suspended him for 10 games. Lewis stated that he took an over-the-counter supplement, uh, not that he didn't know that was on the banned uh, NBA list. Jacob, uh, with athletes using this over-the-counter excuse, do you believe Rashad Lewis? Well, Lamar, here's my thought about that whole situation and about most of the situations that happen with this over-the-counter issue. Lamont, you know, teams that make that much money off of fans should hire someone to uh, monitor any type of substance that is taken, whether it's over-the-counter or under-the-counter, uh, uh, by these athletes. And I just don't understand uh, how teams can just allow an athlete to go into a drugstore, get something, and, uh, and uh, not test it to see if it's illegal, you know, within the league. Um, you know, hey, he said it was a substance that, that he got from the drugstore, and he, he, it was over-the-counter, and he didn't think it, it would, you know, cause any harm, but it did. So... I just don't quite understand that whole situation with athletes and taking things uh, that they're not uh, 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 smart or, or up on uh, in terms of what it may cost. Yeah, he, he, he stated that he took over, over-the-counter supplements to kind of help him with his fatigue, uh, uh, not getting fatigued a lot faster. And, and at the end of the day, man, he's responsible for what goes in his body. It doesn't matter if he has a nutritionist or if he has a – if his mom was watching what was putting in his mouth, at the end of the day, he's making enough money where he's responsible for what goes in his body and his mouth. So I just think that excuse is, is way overused nowadays with the, oh, man, I didn't know what I was taking. It was over the counter. And I'm just waiting to see a guy say, you know, I knew exactly what I was taking. I put it in my mouth. I put it in my body to perform better and it worked so but, but but you know what lamont with all the new drugs that are coming out it, it's hard you know for guys especially athletes to keep up with you know what's coming out and you know what's in this and what's in that because I, I, I don't think so i think that's why they have new probably, you know comes out every day that's going to enhance you know a person's ability so you know that's why i said you know with the guys making the money that they make or the or the teams making the money that they make you would think that there would be somebody that would monitor this stuff yeah, and they have every team should have a nutritionist. 
Matter of fact, I'm a, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to bring the Houston Texans nutritionist on here to talk about staying healthy on the field and off the field and, and post your career. So every team has a nutritionist. Speaking of talking about, we talked about making a lot of money. Let's go ahead and move and talk about LeBron James. Uh, most likely will turn down the uh, contract extension that the Cavaliers made him this, uh, what offered him this summer. Uh, LeBron stated earlier this week that, uh, you know, he signed a contract in 2006 with an option. And it makes no sense for him to sign a contract now. Uh, Jacob, how do you read uh, LeBron's comments? Okay, well, Lamont, which is smart. I'm going to say this is very smart by LeBron. Because what you really want to do is you really want to know what your market value is so you can go to the table and negotiate what the market thinks you're worth. Let me tell you, LeBron is worth a ton. And I think he would be doing a disservice to himself to sign a contract prior to the expiration of his previous contract. Smart move by LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, you knew the organization would throw a contract out there for him to see if he bites. Just to say, well, we're doing our part on our end. But we all know that with all this talk, everybody's waiting for this big free agent market in 2010 with Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and all these guys being available. So it's only right for him to wait. Uh, now that they acquired Shaq this season, uh, most likely he's thinking, okay, I can get a, I can get a championship ring this year and bail out and get my money. So we'll see, man. We'll see how it plays out now they got Shaq and they acquired um, uh, the power forward that played with the Celtics last year. So we'll see how this plays out. Well, Lamont, I don't think he's going to jump ship. I think what he's going to do is, is get that championship, stay in Cleveland, but the, his value is definitely going to rise if he can get that championship. I think he's gone. I actually think he's gone, I think. Once win or lose championship, he's gone. He's you know he's done what he needs to do, and in Cleveland he made enough money, and I think he wants to go to a bigger market and, and get bigger checks. So uh, we'll see. You know, only time will tell. Let's talk about a guy uh, standing and going full circle. Let's talk about Ben Wallace, man. Ben Wallace has signed an agreement with the Detroit Pistons, one-year deal worth 1.3 million. Uh, Ben Wallace was traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers to, to Phoenix for Shaq, and we just mentioned Shaq going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jacob, I like this move, man. I, I really like this move. I think Ben Wallace will bring a veteran leadership to the Pistons' front line, and I think uh, uh, they kind of preserve that blue-collar mentality that Detroit Pistons trying to get back as far as on their defensive end. So I, I kind of like Ben Wallace going back to Detroit, even though he's going to be playing off the bench. Well, I'll tell you what, I think Ben Wallace's best years were when he was in Detroit. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a move to resurrect, you know, his, uh, you know, his, his, his career. But uh, it, it's a great move for Detroit. Hopefully Ben Wallace can come in and help them because they're going to need help on the board. Uh, but, but it's a great move, not only for Ben Wallace to go back to a team that he really enjoyed, but for retirement purposes as well. I felt like he should retire as a Piston, and it seems like he's, you know, heading down that road. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about a coach uh, that left the Lakers that signed with the Timberwolves. That's Kurt Rambis. He reached in terms with the Minnesota Timberwolves for a four-year deal worth $8 million, Jacob. Uh, I think somewhere along those lines. Uh, do you think that Kurt Rambis will help turn around that, that Timberwolves organization uh, with his planning and coaching experience from the Lakers? Well, I tell you what, he definitely comes from a great organization, you know, and from a winning, you know, organization. And if he can just bring a portion of, you know, what they accomplished out in Los Angeles, I think the Minnesota fans organization, you know, will be very, very happy with what they get. Now that he's now that the Timberwolves have established a coach with Kurt Rambis, 
how you think he will use uh, uh, Rubio as well as Johnny Flynn? Well, I, I think I think Rubio is definitely going to be the point guard. I don't know if he's going to be the signature guy for that offense, uh, but he's definitely going to be their leader on the floor. Uh, you, you know, I, I don't. I, we haven't had a chance to see Rubio full circle 82 games throughout a year, so I don't know if he can endure that type of uh, season. Uh, but you know, he's definitely going to be a great, great part of what you know Kurt Rambis is going to try and do in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, real quick before I break, we got less than a minute before I break. Well, less than 30 seconds. We'll roll on to about the Rick Pitino a little bit later. So, coming up, we'll invite John Enzo's to be our NFL AFC East insider to the show. Next from outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports Voice America Sports From the vantage point Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach but what held the boys eyes in awful trance were the figures the eaters of men cannibals Mafatu watched the strange scene powerless to move in that very instant he heard a crashing in the undergrowth four figures were tearing through the jungle he turned and ran blindly down the trail thinking only of its canoe if only he could reach it before the savages overtook him explore new worlds find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry for other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. School to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, is that segment where we invite active or former players to the show, but we, we and re-invite, I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied today, but re-inviting our guest, our NFL AFC East insider for the show this year, uh, John Inns will be back to the show. So, John, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Well, thank you, Lemont and Jacob. Good to be back. Welcome back. I appreciate back. Uh, the invitation to join you. Always good to have you back, John, and talk sports, especially football. Before we talk about the New England Patriots, John, let's go ahead and uh, – Talk about the Boston Red Sox this past weekend. What happened with those Sox? 
Well, it was basically, uh, you know, the bats went silent. Uh, <laughs> to go 31 innings without a run, which is an all-time Red Sox record, uh, is unspeakable, really. Uh, and, you know, to have it happen, of course, you know, in, in the new Yankee Stadium was, uh, you know, pretty up, pretty upsetting uh, up here in New England. People were really uh, off the charts over it. And then Sunday night, uh, you know, in the finale, when Victor Martinez, you know, ended the 31 game, scoreless streak, 31 inning, excuse me, with the home run and to, to take him to give him a 2-1 lead. Everybody, just myself included, just thought, that's it, here we go. And then, of course, uh, you know, back-to-back homers, Damon and Teixeira, yeah. the very next half inning. So uh, it, quite a weekend, but we have them coming in, the Yankees coming to Fenway a week from Friday, August 21st. And, uh, They're looking for some payback. Looking for some payback. <laughs> I, I, I will be at that game, and uh, that, well, that weekend will be interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, John, you know what? Uh, I was watching the game the other night, and I could have sworn uh, you were on the field. I know Boston is taking on Detroit, and there's been a couple of brawls going on between those two clubs. What's yep. up with that? Are you guys taking all that anger out on Detroit? We are. We are. <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yes, it's a uh, Yankee carryover, Yankee hangover, you might say. Um, you know, Kevin Euclid basically, who charged the mound, let the pitcher last night, threw his helmet at him, got a five-game suspension, you know, tackled him, and uh, both he and the pitcher got a five-game suspension. It seems like Kevin Euclid gets thrown at constantly. Even It's, a, it's more perception than reality, but it just, uh, you know, Jabba Chamberlain is, and he have a thing going back a few years. So, you know, it's just like last night was enough is enough yeah. kind of deal. And he finally just snapped and went after this kid, 20-year-old pitcher for the <laughs> Tigers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a, a few beanballs had occurred uh, the other night as well. So there, there was a lot leading up to this. But uh, the feeling here up in New England is simply uh, in 2004 when Veritek, Jason Veritek, the catcher, went after A-Rod, that basically awoke the Red Sox that, of course, then went on to break the 86-year curse. Yeah. Uh, the, the hope, the feeling here is uh, that it's going to happen again, that last yeah. night will be the moment we'll look back on when uh, Euclid charging the mound woke up the 2009 mm-hmm. edition of the Red Sox. Yeah. Well, John, before, this is, I'm going to one more question about the Boston Red Sox before we talk about uh, New England Patriots. What's the atmosphere or what's, what's the environment like up there in Boston now that David Ortiz and this performance-enhancing uh, drug situation came to light last week? It was, you know, nonstop David Ortiz talk. The, the nine-day silence, I think, was really uh, awful for all concerned. Ortiz, the team, the fans, it was just nonstop, uh, basically – you know, nobody really believes what he said. Uh, you know, the culture of taking supplements, what have you, six years ago. Um, you know, of, of all the people, no one, there's no one would be more disappointing to Red Sox fans than David Ortiz, who is, of course, beloved. So, yeah. well, there was some anger. It seems to have subsided. The story is, you know, from his press conference on Saturday, where he basically 
you know, admitted to taking something, vitamins, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there, ha- there hasn't been a lot of, you know, it, it started to kind of yeah. slow down a bit now, finally. But it was yeah. 10 days of nonstop. Let me go ahead and reset for our listeners. We're talking to uh, our NFL, AFC East insider for this year, the show outside the huddle, John Ensgoldsby. John, let's go ahead and talk about the Patriots. What's the latest news coming out of the Patriots camp? Well, as always, you've heard me say this before, it's, uh, it's always all about Brady. But uh, at this point, it's practically Brady mania because uh, it's almost certain that he will play tomorrow night in the preseason opener against the Eagles who embarrassed the Patriots last year in the preseason, by the way. And basically, you know, it's hard to believe, but Tom Brady has played less than a quarter of football since the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, thereby ending, of course, their their, uh, rendezvous with history in the undefeated season. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow night, First quarter of that preseason game is the most watched preseason game in Patriots history. I Everybody agree with is you. waiting. Yeah, I Brady. definitely agree with you. Everybody wants to see how that infamous left knee is going to hold up, especially Got in the it. first quarter. So, uh, also, uh, let me go reset again for the listeners. We're talking with our AFC East NFL insider, John Enskelsby, on Outside the Huddle. John, uh, the New England Patriots, they acquired um, some good free agents this past offseason. They got Fred Taylor. Uh, how's he doing this offseason? And, and if he's progressing in the new team format or new scheme with Bill Belichick? You know, he's doing really well. And of all the players I've seen the Patriots bring in and all the news conferences I've attended with new players, what have you, I, I can't ever remember being more impressed with a player than Fred Taylor. Wow. First day of training camp, which was only a couple weeks ago, of course. Uh, uh, it got rain and thundered out, lightning, so everybody rushed inside. They brought in some players in Belichick to talk, and then Fred Taylor spoke. And I could not have been more impressed with his you know, demeanor, his sense of humor. He referred to himself as Fragile Fred, which I guess was his uh, nickname down in Jacksonville for, for his injuries. Yeah. He clearly has something to prove. Mm-hmm. He wants to fit in. He talked about, you know, how he's literally writing down the names and the numbers of the offensive linemen on yeah. day one and, you know, in the mini camps back in May and June, mm-hmm. the OTA, so that he could, you know, match up names and numbers and faces as quickly as possible. You know, they asked him what's the biggest surprise, you know, since getting, uh, coming to the Patriots. And, uh, yeah, he showed his sense of humor when he just said, you know, trying to get his furniture from Jacksonville up to New England. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he's just. He's so likable, and he's just committed. Uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, and I think New England is too. Uh, I actually seen it. I actually seen an interview with uh, Centennial, Centennial Holmes, the wide receiver from uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't know that Fred sure. Taylor was his first cousin, and he said the reason why Fred actually signed with New England because he wants some of that hardware, which is the Super Bowl ring that uh, Centennial Holmes has right now. So I want to see how Fred Taylor plays. I know he's competing with uh, Maroney for that right. starting spot, so see how that plays out. Go ahead, John, I'm sorry. Oh, I agree, and I, and I think he will be a mentor to Maroney, which will benefit both. Okay. Jacob, I know you're on there, too. You got a question for John about Yeah, about yeah actually, I do. I was sitting here just thinking, you know, with the uh, 
exception of of uh, Buffalo with uh, Trent Edwards and Miami with uh, Joey Harrington. It seems like you know all the other clubs are you know the biggest uh, uh, issue is going to be at that quarterback position. Uh, you know after Brady, there's a huge you know there's a huge letdown with New England because of Castle. You know the exit of Castle. Sure. And, you know over with the Jets. You know they they drafted Mark Sanchez, but you know it's going to take some time for him to get acclimated to that system. John, what do you think? are going to be the key components uh, in making the quarterback position uh, uh, effective for both New England and the Jets. And I'm talking about other positions. Well, so in a, the, the wide receivers for New England to, you know, supplement the quarterback position, is that where you're? That is correct, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver positions with, you know, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, back from the record-setting offense of two years ago, teaming with Brady, of course, and, you know, add into that mix now, you know, Greg Lewis and Joey Galloway. The tight end is Ben Watson. Um, They've added, you know, two new tight ends to go with Watson. And, you know, then Fred, uh, Fred Taylor, you know, at, at the running back to go with not only Maroney, but, of course, you know, Kevin Falk is, you know, maybe the best situational back in the NFL. And, um, After know, so Tom I, Brady, do you think New England is comfortable? You know, if, any, if let's say Tom Brady is a little rusty and they decide to go with the number two. Do you, think, uh, do you think New England is comfortable enough in going in that direction or just staying with Brady? Well, they have Kevin O'Connell is, you know, a number two – uh, about a third-round draft pick, which is very high for the Patriots, from last year. So he's in his second year. They think highly of him uh, out of San Diego State. And then um, they just brought in uh, Andrew Walter from the Raiders, a backup quarterback with the Raiders. Uh, they think pretty highly of him. He has, you know, he has some experience. They also drafted out of Michigan State uh, Brian Hoyer. So, uh, you know, they, they've got through four, four quarterbacks in camp. So I think they're taking it pretty seriously. They did cut uh, Matt Gutierrez, um, who I think he was picked up by Kansas City, no surprise, Scott Pioli. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, you know, they're bringing him in, uh, cutting him out. Uh, you know, they're, they're certainly addressing the quarterback situation. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a big deal. And, yeah. um, no. Nobody will even think, let alone address, uh, life if Tom Brady goes down again this year. <laughs> well, John, I got, we got less than two minutes for our break, for our segment in for we'll next week. So i got one more question for you. Uh, which, which rookie this year will make an impact for the uh, New England Patriots? I know they drafted second-round pick, uh, D-Tackle, uh, Ron Brace, but uh, which, which rookie, in your opinion, will make an impact this season? Well, you know, Ron Brace has, uh, you know, you can't miss him if you're a training camp, that's for sure. It's hard to believe that he's actually bigger than Vince Wilfork. I mean, Brace is 6'3", 330, versus uh, Wilfork at 6'2", 3 and a quarter. Both huge. Uh, Wilfork's in a contract year, so Brace, it feels like Brace was drafted as potential insurance if yeah. Wilfork doesn't sign, but... Uh, you know, also, you know, Sebastian Vollmer, uh, second-round draft pick, uh, he actually had a big day yesterday where they do a little thing at the end of practice. If the lineman can catch a punt, then Belichick <laughs> sends the whole team home. Yeah. And well, John, I appreciate Vollmer it. We got time for us to take another break, so I appreciate you. 
and we'll check back in with you in two weeks to check on the New England Patriots as well as other stuff in AFC East. Terrific, Lemont. Thank you, Jacob. Okay. Great talking to you guys. All right. Thank you. Next, so next after this break, we'll come back and talk go around the NFL as well as some other sports topics. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports when i found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops i wrote a letter to the company saying reconsider your labor practices a few months later i get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer and they included a coupon for a 25 percent discount on their jeans so i got smart wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops and I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it and she flips out saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob's that segment where we go around the NFL, talk about NFL storylines as well as this week headlines. And before we go into that, uh, to recap the Hall of Fame game, I'm going to go and give the listeners a quick Texans update. I got a text from the Houston Texans PR director stating that uh, rookie outside linebacker Brian Cushing sprained his knee and will be out for 10 days. So, uh, Jacob, I'm going to get your opinion on that before I state mine. Well, I'll tell you what, man, he's a, you know, he, he's, he's a very, very important uh, part of, you know, what they're trying to build, you know, here in Houston. And, uh, 
you know, if if it's spring, man, he needs to sit out until until you know until he's healthy. Yeah, I stated that in the in the text. I stated that he sprained his knee after a workout. He complained about a little soreness, and he went to the doctor or to that trainer, and now he's out for ten days. I was kind of kind of disappointed because I wanted to see what he was going to do this Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs in their first preseason game. But now I have to wait a couple of weeks. So uh, I hope he gets back healthy and get back on the field so we can see what we got from this draft pick. So uh, well, well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, the word you said the word, man. Preseason. It's preseason. Yeah, but this is where a lot of people make their money, man. I'm telling you, it's a 53 man. It's about 80 man, 80 guys out there now, and they got to get down to 53. It's, it's, it's job time for a lot of guys on the field. I mean, it might be preseason for the fans. It doesn't count. There's a lot of jobs on the line. Everybody want to see. It's just like the summer league, NBA summer league. People want to see what they bought, their product, their investment. So I want to see what Brian Cushing will bring to the table. Do you allow your franchise guys to play Lamont? Yes, I allow. I mean, defensive players, they're going to play. Offensive players, quarterbacks, uh, for example, uh, Mark Sanchez, he's going to get in the mix. He's going to get in the mix up there in New, uh, New York with the Jets, see what he's going to do right away. Uh, you got veterans guys now, and we digress a little bit, but we got veteran guys stating that they want to play like LaDainian Thomas out in uh, San Diego. So it's a, different, it's a different ball game now, man. Each year is a different year, and guys want to prove themselves. And uh, I, I throw them out there, man. Don't be afraid of, of people getting injured. That's going to happen anyway. So let's go ahead and recap the uh, Hall of Fame game, Jacob, from this past weekend. Hall of Fame game uh, against the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. Pretty much the Titans quarterbacks combined to produce three touchdown drives, Jacob, and they end up winning 21-18 to kick off this 2009 NFL preseason. Uh, I thought that, Jacob, I thought the Tennessee Titans kind of came out pretty sharp. Uh, had a had a sharper squad than the uh, uh, than the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills didn't look good at times, but uh, when the Tennessee Titans had to make big plays, they stepped up and they made them uh, uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Kerry uh, Collins did a great job coming out, even though he didn't play much. But uh, I'm gonna go and get your opinion before we talk about Vince Young. Well, I tell you what, I thought you're right. I thought Tennessee was a whole lot sharper. Uh, than uh, than Buffalo, and I felt like Tennessee was having a whole lot more fun uh, in playing that game uh, than than uh, Buffalo. It it just seems like Tennessee was prepared, and Buffalo was just there to see what they had. Yeah, it was you know, Kerry Collins was in there. They looked you know looked together and it looked like they was they was together and wanted to move the ball down the field. But can't say the same when they threw in Vince Young, man. And we always talk about Vince Young in this program because he's a hometown guy here in Houston. Uh, before it's a two-part thing, we're going to talk about Vince Young. Uh, my opinion, he, he looked kind of rusty coming out the gate, Jacob, in the Hall of Fame game. It took him a while to get his feet underneath him, but he ended up scoring, throwing a touchdown pass uh, to the back end of the, uh, of the end zone. Uh, Vince has a lot riding on his shoulders, Jermaine, uh, Jacob, this year, you know, due to a lot of stuff that took place last year, him losing the starting position as well as making certain comments. And, you know, that way I'm going to segue into the comments that he made. You know, he had a sit-down interview with Esquire magazine stating that he would be the next black quarterback to win the Super Bowl as well as be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, before I give you my comments, I want your take on Vince Young's comments, Jacob. 
Well, I, you know, in, in terms of the comments, I don't know if I would have made those comments. Uh, but, you know, Lamont, he, he's letting everybody know that even though he's not a starter, he has a lot of confidence in, uh, you know, in himself. He wasn't very sharp when he started, you know, started out. But you got to understand, he didn't play a lot, you know, last year. So, uh, you know, uh, trying to pick up the speed of the game again. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if he's putting pressure on himself by making that statement, but in a way I can understand what he's saying and from a confidence standpoint. And that's the way I looked, I looked at his statement. It was from a confidence standpoint. Yeah, I don't mind guys being very confident because I'm a big fan of Chad Ochocinco as well as Terrell Lawrence. But, uh, and I don't mind guys dreaming, you know, dreaming big. You've got to shoot for, the, shoot for the moon, you know what I mean? And with uh, Vince Young stating that he wants to be the next black quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and be in the Hall of Fame, you know, he has big aspirations doing that one day. But he, he needs to take it one day at a time. Uh, first, get your job back. And they stated that, uh, it came out what, yesterday, that the organization wasn't too glad or, or happy with his performance on Sunday. So he needs to win back that organization if he feels like he's going to take that organization to the Super Bowl as well as enter the Hall of Fame to the organization. But uh, I'm, you know, one thing that I learned from the NFL is that you know you not just audition for the team you play for, but for all the other teams within the league. He needs to look good on tape, man. He needs to look good on the field when he's behind that that center and he gets one or two snaps. He needs to produce. Uh, I, I saw one play where they tried to get him to. Uh, they threw him one of those old University of Texas plays where he faked the running back and took off around the corner. It didn't even look like the same old Vince. He got actually got ran down by the backside by the weak side end. So. I just think, you know, with preseason, he can get the rust out. Like you say, he didn't play that much last year. Just hoping that he can move forward and, and do well uh, in the next coming uh, preseason games this weekend. Exactly. Let's go ahead and move and talk about a guy that got a nice-sized contract extension. We're talking about Eli Manning. Agreed to a six-year deal, $97 million contract extension with the New York Giants, making him the, among the highest-paid players in the NFL, somewhere like $15 million a year, Jacob uh, do you think Eli Eli Manning was worth that type of money? Well, I don't know if he's worth that type of money, but I mean, he's definitely a franchise guy for the New York Giants. You know, along with Brandon Jacobs. You know, here's a guy who led your team to the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, hey, it's time to reward the guy. Uh, uh, you know, he deserved it, man. He let you know, he, like I said, he led the team, and you know, he's he's the face face of the franchise, and you know, I think he deserved that type of contract. Yeah, he's definitely worth it, man. He's excel. Uh, got off to a slow start in New York. Have an opportunity to deal with the media uh, in the short time there, and adjusted very well. And took the, like you said, he took the team to the Super Bowl in 2007 and won. So he's definitely been rewarded for that year for winning the Super Bowl. And and he's their guy. He's their guy, and they they believe in him. Uh, they like his background. They like his family. They like his makeup. So he's a fit for that team, and I think it's well deserving. Uh, uh, 15 million that makes him a little bit more than what his older brother makes. So. I wonder if he's rubbing that in his brother face that he makes more money him. But uh, all in all, I think he deserved that contract extension. And, and you know, kudos to the Giants organization for rewarding their players for, for for stepping up and winning Super Bowls. Let's talk about a guy that's you know let's move and talk about a guy that's, uh, that's having issues with his contract. Let's rookie uh, wide receiver Michael Crabtree. You know, it was reported last week Jacob that he was threatening to sit out or he's threatening to sit out the 2009 season if he's not. Uh, Given the guaranteed money that he wants, somewhere like twenty-three million for the, his position or the spot that he was drafted in, uh, you think you know 
after reviewing that, Jacob, and hearing all what you need to hear last week about Crabtree in that situation, you think you got any leverage with the with the 49ers? Uh, no, I don't, because, number one, he hasn't played one down in the NFL. And, Lamont, you know, I'll be glad when I can see the day where the NFL and other other major organizations can put a cap on, you know, what rookie guys are making when they come into the league. And, you know, once you do that, I think it takes away from all of this other stuff that's going on. Yeah, I mean, man, they they work on a new CBA now, so your, your your dreams might come true in the near future if they don't get anything worked out. Uh, but I don't know, man. I want to see how, uh, uh, you know, back to being a rookie. And, and hey, that, that comes with the territory. You know, he he's not doing the negotiation. That's why he pays his agent three percent or more to do the negotiation for him. So I. Uh, I don't know what's going on in this camp, man. I, I think I know that he's missing time on the field. It, you know, if you look at it from a standpoint, and say, hey, with the 49ers draft in with a bum, with a bum leg, or was it an ankle or knee? I can't remember. And they end up drafting him anyway. They took a chance on him, and, and he hasn't practiced in OTAs, mini camps. Now he's not even participating in training camp. So he's behind the eight ball, as far as on the plays and, and being in practice shape, eventually in, into game shape. So I think he, he's hurting. I think he's going to come out the gate a little bit slow this year. So hope everything works out well for him up there and, and San Francisco and he gets a new deal. Let's go ahead and stay with San Francisco and talk about some stuff that came out last week. Our 49ers running back Frank Gore told the reporters about his teammate Vernon Davis' training camp fight. Uh, he basically stated that Vernon Davis, uh, Vernon Davis was heading to his fourth year now and he wants to see a little bit more, more maturity from him, Jacob. Uh, you think you think uh, Frank Gore stepped out of bounds by making this, you know, calling out his teammate to the media, Vernon no, Davis? No, I don't. No, I don't. I think when you you know you're putting you 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 know you're bringing guys out who should be performing for the organization, and you know if they're not Lamont, you have to call them out. And I think Frank Gore did the right thing. I think other teams and other guys should do the same thing when guys are not living up to their expectations. Yeah, I, uh, here here's the thing. I think <clears throat> Frank was a little frustrated. That they had to run half gasters over incident that Vernon Davis, you know, fighting a teammate during practice. And Frank stated that, you know, also stated that that it wasn't the fact that they had to run a half gasters. It was mainly the fact that it was coming from Vernon Davis, a veteran guy. And if it was a rookie, then it would have been acceptable. But Vernon Davis, fourth year guy, he should know better than that. And you know, it kind of goes back to the Mike Singletary incident on the sideline about him pouting or whatever took place, and Coach Singletary sent him to the locker room. Vernon Davis, from the history I know about him up in D.C., Maryland area, uh, you know, pretty much hard-working athlete, but it was kind of immaturity a little bit. So I don't, I don't, I don't fault Frank Gore. He's kind of stepped up as a leader, had a great year last year as a running, running game, and he's trying to get the 49 to the next level. So I approve of, of calling out your teammates and whatever you do to kind of get your teammates' attention and, and move forward with that organization. So I, I you know, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. But, Jacob, we got less than 30 seconds to take a break. So let's go ahead and take our break now. And after we come back, we'll talk about that Rick Patino situation as well as college football. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Mike Williams, host of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network, here day one at Houston, Texas. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. 
From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob is our last segment before we wrap up the show. So before we get out of here, let's go ahead and back back step or take some steps back and talk a little bit about this Rick Pitino uh, situation that took place. Well, it kind of came to light this morning. Uh, Rick Pitino, uh, you know, told police that he had consensual sex with uh, Karen Cipher. Is Cipher? What's her last name? Cipher. 
Cyper? Okay, Karen Cyper. You know, he said that, uh, and they also paid her $3,000 for abortion. Uh, Cyper have been trying to uh, extort Rick Pitino for the last couple of months now for about $10 million, and uh, Pitino kind of told the police what took place. So, uh, Jacob, what's, what's really going on in Louisville? Well, I tell you what, I, the university president and the athletic director was very, very surprised because, you know, when this all started out, Rick Pitino did not give them all of the uh, details in terms of what transpired uh, between himself and, and, and Karen. Uh, but it, it, it appears, based on what Rick said, uh, you know, that one night they were at a restaurant and he got a little intoxicated, went out on the balcony and, you know, had consensual sex with this uh, young lady and a couple of days later, uh, you know, she became pregnant. Uh, well, she approached him, and, you know, he stated that he would, you know, uh, pay for the abortion and, uh, and, and gave her $3,000 to handle that, you know, that situation. Do you buy all that from Ms. Hyper or Karen or however you want to call it? Do you buy, you buy her store? Uh, I, in a way, I do, Lamont. In a way, I do. Um, how? You know, I mean, how, I, I believe the part of, of the consensual sex apart but pregnant in three days or a turnaround i mean if you from what i read i don't know the young lady person from what i read uh about her and what's been reported that you know she's currently married or i don't know if she's seeking divorce but married to his rick patino's uh, buddy uh strength conditioning coach or something like that that is correct she she was married to the conditioning coach however they are separated now uh, after this incident uh, came out. But it's just an ugly, ugly story, and I do see Rick Pitino probably taking a leave of absence uh, this year uh, until this blows over, but this is an ugly story coming out of uh, Louisville. Well, it just reported before we came on air that uh, his, his, his uh, Rick Pitino corner or, or, or guy stated that he's definitely not taking a leave of absence and he's looking to move forward with the situation uh, due to the fact that he's a witness in this case uh, uh, so he just kind of stated to the police what took place, and it got reported in the newspaper. So uh, I, do you think he's going to lose his job? Uh, uh, no, 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 he will not. Uh, the athletic director and president uh, made it clear this morning that they are 1 million percent behind Rick Pitino and what, he, what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's big down there in Louisville land, big down. He brings a lot of revenue to the table as far as the boosters. And it goes up to the old saying, that uh any news, what they say, any news, is, uh, any bad news is good news. So There you go. So uh, maybe brought, brought shed a little light to, to the Louisville program, but we'll, we'll definitely see and watch how this thing play out now that he revealed that uh, he had consensual sex with this young lady. Let's go ahead and talk a little college black football, man. Uh, football season is kicking off. A lot of training camps so jumped off this stuff. week. College football, and we're here in Houston, and, and Normally every year about this time they have a big classic, which is the Labor Day Classic between Texas Southern University and the Prairie View Panthers uh, at Reliance Stadium. Jacob, uh, before we talk about Prairie View and Texas Southern, the SBN College Black uh, football poll came out with Tuskegee ranked as number one uh, due to the fact they won 9-0 last season. They got Prairie View ranked number four, and they got Joe Beloved Alumni University, Southern University at number seven. Uh, you think Tuskegee will win it all this year again? Uh, no, I don't. You don't think so? Uh, no, I don't. Well, from what my I, I, I didn't witness or go to any Tuskegee uh, games, but from my homework, doing my homework on, uh, they have a lot of guys returning back on their uh, offensive line. They got an All-American guy, uh, Michael Stevens, 6'5", 300-pounder. 
uh, leading that charge. So we'll see how that plays out. But let's go ahead and move and talk a little bit about this Labor Day class between Texas Southern and Prairie View. Uh, you think Texas Southern, due to the fact that it was very inconsistent last year and got a lot of freshmen returning, you think they're going to get that crown back from the Prairie View Panthers uh, during the Labor Day class? Uh, well, i tell you what. I, I really like what, you know, the – the uh, steps that they have put in down at Prairie View in terms of their football program. And you're right, Texas Southern has a lot of guys coming back. Now, you know, they were all freshmen last year, so they didn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, So you you have to wait and see what they're going to do. But I I think Prairie View is probably going to take the Labor Day Classic this year. You think so? Yes. Uh, You just said that because your wife is an alumni from there. Oh, man. (laughs) She's going to kill you if she hears you say anything else. But, no. (laughs) Texas Southern, uh, Prairie View got Coach Frazier, got those guys uh, uh, all charged up, coming off, uh, I think it was a 7-2 and or 8-2 and season last year. But they had great individual success, but they didn't win at all, man. They didn't win the crown as far as uh, uh, in the SWAC. So I think Grambling State won that last year. But uh, I think uh, they, they lost some key pieces on offense. They lost their starting quarterback, and they also lost their starting uh, leader on defense as well, their linebacker. But Johnny Cole got the guys rally up over here, man, in Houston, Texas Southern. Uh, I've been following them the last couple of weeks. Like I said, stated earlier, they got a lot of freshmen coming back. They got game time experience, and that's big. Well, Lamont, I think, but but you you have to understand the division that they're in. You know, they have Grambling and Southern uh, ahead of them, and you know, uh, Grambling pretty much has you know a lot coming back. Southern has a lot coming back. As a matter of fact. Uh, Southern's quarterback was uh, voted SWAC Offensive Player, Preseason Player of the Year. Uh, so, you know, they're still behind the eight ball when it comes to that Western division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, being a Southern Knight, however, I'm picking Grambling to probably overtake Southern in the Bayou Classic to win the Western division, uh, followed by Southern, probably, you know, PV and then TSU. Well, I don't have, I don't have Texas Southern winning the whole conference. I have them, I have them winning this 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 Labor Day Classic game, and with us less than one minute, or really less than 30 seconds, let's go and give our prediction for the Labor Day Classic game. I got Texas Southern 21, Prairie View 15. What you got, Jacob? I got uh, PV 24, TSU 10. TSU 10? 10. Oh, man. All right, we'll see how it plays out, and we'll keep the listeners informed once that Classic game takes place uh, Labor Day weekend. Well, Jacob, it's, it's that time for us to thank all the listeners for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.